0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Early Years Edit podcast with myself, Laura, and my wonderful co-host Adam. Um, hi, Adam.
1: Hi, Laura. You all right?
0: Yes, are you.
1: not bad. Thank you.
0: Are you all ready for Christmas? Uh,
1: uh, yes, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Well, last few days, and then uh, and then that'll be it. Then, so looking forward, looking forward to that. Are you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. would nah, Be nice to have a break. Can't wait. I know. Um. And Christmas is sort of the inspiration for this episode, which is going to be all about the process uh, versus the product. Um, however, this is sort of a subject that we think is like relevant all year round with everything we do with the children. Um, so we thought we'd have a little chat about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, like you say, I think obviously it, it it's relevant all year and I think it, it just uh different times of the year sort of becomes a more of a heightened discussion doesn't it especially around Christmas um you know uh, when when people are looking at at making things and look, you know the importance of of the process versus the product rather than you know either or
0: yeah and I think that just for anybody listening who doesn't understand the process versus the product argument it's all about um sort of you know the value of the process of creating artwork or you know whatever you're creating um versus the end product so as we know um the end product when a child is creating something might not necessarily be what we had in mind in the first place um But it's not really about that end product. So, obviously, we see a lot of these um, conveyor belt type activities. And during sort of any seasonal holiday, whether that be, you know, Christmas, Easter, Halloween, um, when we're making cards for family, Valentine's Day, things like that, we find a sort of multitude of people practitioners you know people in the early years going on pinterest and finding some sort of handprint cards where the child virtually puts their handprint on a piece of paper and then the practitioner turns that handprint into a bouquet of flowers or um a santa or you know you name it i'm sure somebody has created everything out of a handprint
1: yeah the like you say the absolute joys of uh, pinterest inspiration at this time of year this time of year and uh, and you know, generally, when people are looking at, at displays and and that, and obviously social media as well. Generally, you know, I think we're all guilty of it. Aren't we we all look at, you know, things that are on social media and and look at whether you want to recreate them yourself. And obviously, it, it it's the important that the children get something from it. And it it's that balance, I think, isn't it, between people are concerned about giving parents something that is classed more presentable um, rather than, you know, necessarily something that's solely come for the children and, and like, yeah, you, you can turn you know, you see when you go to the zoo and that, don't you? you can, there's that stand in the way you can do prints and the people there draw them into whatever whatever animal you want and I think we all have have those conversations across the year when, when staff come in and say, oh, I've seen this or, oh, have you thought about, you know, why don't we do this this year and, and everyone looking the same
0: yeah and i think that um i think that there's definitely arguments for and against doing sort of a product based activity so obviously children will be accessing continued provision all year round and hopefully fingers crossed in most settings they are given the freedom to really explore the process of a lot of material. so you know on a daily basis the children will whatever they want there's sort of no objective to the painting it's just there there's stamps whatever else you might have and the children can freely explore the process of paint and what they can create with paint and how they can layer the paint and mix the colors and use different tools to create different marks with the paint so um i definitely think that when children are getting that all year round that sometimes your time for the product. so and i think that it depends how you see the product so if we're talking about handprint conveyor belt cards then i understand that there's not a lot of value during making those when you have a practice like james come over here now do your handprint there we go go off and play again or you know and, and they just do it in a conveyor belt um but when you think about the outcome of making a christmas card if you're giving children lots of different resources and lots of different ways and ideas and and inspiration for making a Christmas card, then there is still an outcome. They're still making a Christmas card. So I think it's partly on how you view the outcome but what is the outcome to you if the outcome is you know children make exactly the same thing then they're not really getting much from that but if the outcome is to make a christmas card and they have free reign then i think that sometimes there is place for products because obviously we're teaching children about traditions and about giving and about you know um sharing you know things with family and friends during special occasions
1: Yeah, I think you also used a really important word there, which is about inspiration. And, and you know, I think you can use products um, and that whole idea to provide inspiration for the children. You know, we all, when you set up, you know, provocations, can have little, you know, ideas there for inspiration for the children, like examples of Christmas cards, be it handprint ones or, or not, you know, examples of different artwork. I'm sure, you know, many settings have, have examples of artwork in in different areas as well you know we've got a lot, we've got a few little little books in art in a couple of our areas that, that have got inspiration of different artists in there you know and it's not about encouraging the children to copy it it's about providing the children with different perspectives and different ideas of of how you know art can look how christmas cards can look how easter cards can look you know, whatever that is and, that, and then letting the children to like the children pick what they want to do using the resources that they've got, um, and you know if they want to, you know, attempt to copy one of them, then then that's up to them. And I think that's a slightly different, you know, a, a different thing to like you say, saying, "Come here, sit here. This is what you want it to look like. Here's the five pieces for this tree. Here's the three pieces for this." You know, and and like getting them to all stick them on and look the same.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, but also. I'm just gonna, you know, play devil's advocate a bit here. As a parent, because you're a parent and I'm a parent, um, some of the sort of most cherished items I've had from nursery are actually those ones where maybe the girls didn't get as much like sort of out sort of out of it. Because, for example, we've got a ball ball that every year we get out and it's just a clear plastic ball ball. And the practitioner, measure mm-hmm. the length of the child's, like of my girls and cut two pieces of string and put them in- like attached about, you know, in 2019, this was how big I was or something along those lines. Now the girls had absolutely nothing to do with that. They were babies when that happened. Um, you know it wasn't even like they did a handprint um but every year when I get that ball ball out it's just like the most magical thing to me as a parent
1: yeah like like you say like we alluded to at the start I think it's that striking that balance is it you know the same like you say I you know I'm a parent as well I've got a little girl and you know a lot of the things that she brings home from nursery you know of course you love them don't you and it also I think depends a little bit as to what what age you're working with as well you know obviously all you know all younger children like you say the twins were babies at the time you know the the level of control that they can have over things I think is slightly different but like it it is that balance because as a parent you do really enjoy getting the things that are sort of more meaningful and, and a little bit more visible as to you know to what they're meant to be but then the flip side of that is to your child, you know, to the, your child, like Carol come home and, you know, and and have drawn a picture that obviously doesn't to me, you know, (laughs) look like what she thinks it is, but you know, to her, it's, that's what it represents. And she's really pleased and excited to share that because she's done it herself. And I think I I could see it from both sides. And, and I think it's all about education as well I think trying to help the parents to sort of understand that the process is just as important you know as as the product because obviously at times parents can sort of look at things and it's trying to get them to value what you send home even if it doesn't necessarily you know look amazing
0: yeah and I think that like you say it's all about balance and as i said earlier on um i think that sometimes if you're providing the continuous provision where children have got sort of you know you're doing in the moment which is what a lot of people are doing now and the children have so much free reign and so much time and space to explore freely and um, explore that process then does it actually hurt that one day a year somebody sits them down and says let's just do something for Mummy and daddy but then i don't know because you might completely disagree with me but i sort of think is it actually just that we're going too far is it that we've realized now that the process is more important and traditional ways of doing activities aren't the same but does it really matter if once that happens I, i i don't know what do you think I think
1: it's interesting when you attempt to potentially do that, you know, like especially this time of year when you're trying to get the children to come and sit down and make a card and you're saying, why don't you come here? And, you know, and let's make this card for a moment, add the level of resistance that you can sometimes get when the children aren't actually used to that, that kind of, that kind of interaction, that kind of activity, when everything is so sort of, you know, free flow and accessing the continuous provision and letting the children be free and do what they want. I think, Certainly from my point of view, I think actually the children, when you say, even with the best will in the world, when you say, come here and sit and do this, you know, they're often like, well, no, actually, because, you know, I, I don't want, because I don't have to do that any other time, any other time. So I'm not actually used to coming to do
0: that now. Which is actually, a f- which it's quite funny, actually, because I would say my experience is the opposite. Um, in that because the children have so much free play and free time and they go and do whatever they want, if I say, why don't you come and do this with me, they're normally, like, sort of very intrigued because they're not used to me doing that. So it's like, oh, what's going on? Why does she want us to come sit down? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like All children are, are different. <laughs> they, they are, yeah. but I think, yeah, obviously, we've got, you know, we're quite a small setting and, we're, and we sort of don't have that that many that many children um in our setting so a lot of the children obviously i think will you know look at what one other child's doing and and if they don't want to come and do it then then you know because the mate's not doing it they don't sort of want to um so i think it it can be like you say it, it can be hard to know what to do i think for the best and i think that's the important thing is trying to sort of consider like you say that what works best for the children but also what actually isn't it? You know, the, the the children don't necessarily understand at the time why they should come and sit down and do a Christmas card, or why you know they need to look like this, or or, or why yeah. why they're doing that. So it, it's talking to them about that as well, about what it actually is and it not being an abstract concept. Is to come and sit here. Your card needs to look, you know, you, your card needs to look like that. You need to write your name in it. There you go. Off you go next. And, and trying to get them to understand that, you know, like you say, this time of year, people give cards out, you know, people, people create this, people do that. So why do you know, here's some examples, obviously, that that's why it's important to have those examples, I think, so that the children can can understand what you're actually asking of them.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Something we do is, sort of, like Mother's Day and Father's Day, we always make things with the children to give to, you know, the mums and dads or guardians. Um, but what what's your view on if a child sort of... You know, like, if you sort of just giving them options, so you're sort of doing it in a way where you say, oh, we're going to make something for our mummies and daddies, and somebody just point blank says, I, I don't want to do it. Um... What, what do you do in that situation when all the other par- parents are receiving something from their child and that parent isn't? like What what would you do? And I'm just really throwing that out there as sort of a, I don't know myself.
1: Yeah, you see, it's difficult, isn't it? Because obviously you, like you say, if all, if all you know the other children have done one and all the other parents are receiving one and, and this child doesn't want to do one, then it's hard on both ends because ultimately i you know I'm, I'm not well we'll maybe attempt to see if the child wants to come and do on with their friend or you know if they want to do on a later date or if they want to have a look or or anything like that but i'm not i'm also not at any point gonna say you must come and sit here you must come and do that um i think because that sort of goes against what i generally believe i think um you know because the whole idea is is the idea of the autonomy and you know i think in any other in any other area of of early years you wouldn't necessarily force a child to come and do anything would you so i I don't really think i would that either but on the other hand yes a as a parent i understand how it would be disappointing to not necessarily get something that all the others are getting um
0: but maybe that's about educating the parents isn't it so yeah I think it's a really don't get
1: me wrong it's a really really difficult one and and it is and it's uncomfortable but I I think ultimately we you know we do this for the children don't we and and it's about that autonomy of the children and you know ultimately if we believe that the children are old enough to you know to make make to make the choice
0: then they have that choice don't they and then, equally though, I'm just, I feel like everything you say, I'm like, but this, Adam, but that. No, I'm no. just, I'm just trying to like, you know, equally though, then I also don't understand why it's a massive deal to some people that somebody um, got a child to take one, like one minute out of their day to do a handprint and then the adult drew on it. And then, like, it's as if it's a massive deal. Now, I'm not saying that I condone doing this on a regular basis, but I actually have decided because of receiving things from the twins with their handprints on and how nice it is to look back at sort of the size of their hands and how they've changed is that I actually don't mind if somebody goes to them, just come here for one minute while I paint your hand, go on, whack it on that card, now I'll do the rest i feel like people have made a massive deal out of that where they don't need to now like I say not on a regular basis i wouldn't want my child constantly being told come and do this come and do that but then i think if they don't want to sit down and make me a card but they'll let somebody paint the hand and stick it on a card for me once a year am i that bothered that they did that Play okay. I, d- I don't personally think i am
1: no, like I'm not, you know, I'm not at any point saying, oh, you know, let ne- never pay the kids' hands. Let's never, let's never do yeah, handprint. No, no, yeah, not saying that. But, but also, you know, and yeah, I get it. You know, I I I'll get why they're cute. I just don't necessarily think, or you know, I think if a child will come and, and and happily do a handprint, well, why can't that be the card then? You know, why why can't that why can't that be the product? Why does it then need to be? Extended by an adult being turned into a reindeer Christmas tree. What what <laughs> what, what whatever it is.
0: Adam, getting the Christmas spirit.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's <laughs> what it is. Maybe that's the issue.
0: Yeah, so I get what you're saying. So if a child is willing to do handprints, why not let them just do some messy, horrible handprint where they yeah. mix all the colours and it goes brown? But no, I do get what you're saying because obviously there is going to be some there is going to be some way of coaxing them to do a card as long as you're giving them the autonomy to choose how they do you know but yeah I think maybe I'm talking from like mum heads where I just love them tiny little handprints, and I can't lie and I'm an early years professional and I'm somebody who is like it's about the process but then as a mum I just love I just love those little things that they bring home so yeah it's it's a really interesting one and I do think it's it's good to discuss these things when you've got sort of your two brains your two heads to use because you've got your parent head in your earlier's head um but that sort of like you know we've talked about that a lot now and I think people can go away and think about it and decide how they're going to approach it um but what when you talk about when we talk about process what exactly does does that mean to you when people say it's about process
1: it's about the children having the having the autonomy to to decide it's about the children learning the different skills it's about them demonstrating different skills it's about them exploring really you know as in everything in early years exploring what they want to do and how they how they want to do it and and
0: and sometimes I suppose there is no product to that because sometimes that could be when a child just literally gets paper and scissors and all they do is snip away for half an hour and they just make tiny little snips and there isn't really a product at the end that's going to be any use.
1: No, no, they've got nothing to show for that. You know, they're, they're not ultimately they're not going to collect up all 4,000 pieces of paper <laughs> and, and put it in a pile and take it home, are they? But they have learned from that process. You know, they have learned from from that from what they're doing you know that there's a process to absolutely everything that we do you know yeah whether it's a physical process or whether whether it it's you know not and it uh, yeah I I agree I don't think it has to have a defined end result that is something that that can be can be shown for it to to have value and I think we in you know again we put importance all the time on the children learning and the children exploring and the children developing their skills and then enhancing what they know and practicing and, th- and that importance of of them constantly being able to just practice and, and to become more, have a deeper level, you know, like as we talked about last week, you know, ha- having a deeper level of knowledge and, and a stronger skill rather than necessarily moving on. And I don't think this should be any different.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think that as well, sometimes what we do is we think about sort of art and crafts as adults that when you do arts and crafts or you make something there's something at the end of it so sometimes I think that it can be difficult because we know you know we know how to use scissors we know how to use paints we know what's going to happen if we mix something with something else um so we forget to sort of provide those opportunities i think for children um you know in this in the in the way that they need it so for example i always say to people like with paints you could provide children with paint every day and they will do something different with it and they can mix that paint with water and water it down or they can you know use paintbrush so they can use the fingers there's like they can use absolutely anything to paint with the paint but equally they could just cover the whole hand and paint um and i think sometimes as adults because we've been conditioned to well we, we just understand more about how materials work so we're conditioned to sort of know what what when we set out to do something and we have paints, we sort of know what we're going to do with them. So I think that we do forget that children can get so much out of just one material that doesn't need to have an end product.
1: Yeah. And I wonder whether it, it links back to, you know, sort of the pressure that we've always felt as, as practitioners to get evidence be it physical evidence, be it photographic evidence of, of what the children have done and what the children have learned. And does that nece- does that seep into us subconsciously that, well, there must be an end product here, there must be an end result, because otherwise, how can we prove that the children have actually gained anything for the last 15 minutes?
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely true. I think um, a lot of it... I think obviously we' just we're just conditioned in a certain way and, and I don't know about you but when I went to nursery that all you did was activities there wasn't free play there wasn't you know open-ended resource process art
1: no like you say you, you know uh, you all remember being forced even at school to to do things you know like oh here's that you know here's this tray this is what you're doing here you know you sit here for five minutes you do that right you move on next go and do that <laughs> and I it you know, like, it wasn't it wasn't about about the process was it It was about you know like, even down to, how, to how mentally scarred from handwriting lessons in school where you used to have to sit and write the same letter or the same word forty-five thousand times until it looked you know how your teachers looked on the board and that wasn't as much about the process was it that was about us you know created something that looked nice and looked right
0: yeah and also i think that a lot of sometimes the struggle with the process is um this sort of idea that have control and you need to um, ensure that everything is used correctly but what is correctly do you know what i mean so um and being afraid of mess because i think that when you just give children paint you think oh my gosh they're going to make a right mess but actually the more and more you allow children to use their own um, autonomy and to and and to to use autonomy even not their own autonomy and um, <laughs> had to correct myself then i couldn't let it go um the more that you give children this free freedom the the sort of more they respect it and they and they don't start going overboard i like when you've got a sand tray with a cover on it and you get it out once a week and the children go absolutely mad, don't they? They go running over and it goes absolutely everywhere. And then you think, oh, not getting that out for another week. But actually, if you have it out every day, the children don't do that because they use it purposefully because they know that they're always going to be able to use it whenever they want to use it. And I think that's the same with sort of art stuff. So I don't know if you're the same, but do you have scissors available all the time?
1: Yeah, we do, yeah
0: yeah because we do and um going into other settings they're absolutely absolutely amazed that we let pre um, the children's scissors obviously
1: yeah yeah the, yeah the, the, you know we're the same obviously we, we have them from two from actually from two in our room um through to when they go to school but yeah we have children's scissors freely available um they're, they're out in our, our area all the time and you know we find probably similar to you that the children are actually really really good with scissors and and they you know learn how to use them safely and it's not something that I feel is a danger in the room at all to be honest I'm, I'm a bit you know taken aback that not everyone leaves them out yeah
0: that's like me I was like what I was like where's the scissors yeah, but it shows because it's that it's that sort of traditional view of early years and then it's that balancing your risk assessment with your other, you know, so some people don't have scissors in the room unless it's an adult directed activity. Um and that amazes me, um, because that's take you know, that's taking away that sort of ability to freely use scissors and to explore them and to have a go at all that process.
1: Yeah, and surely scissors is a pretty managed risk, isn't it? It's not like you're letting them have you know an open flame. Like it's a pretty, it's a pretty, you know it, you manage it. Well, I don't you know we don't really need to manage it because the children are are used to it. But I mean, even if you're first introducing them, you can you can do it fine. It's not something that is a problem. Surely, like that that yeah that confuses me a little bit to be honest.
0: <laughs> Honestly, the things I. This is what sometimes I always say this about me and you because we have very similar views and we work in a very similar way. Um, and we sort of surround ourselves in a circle of people. taxis mm-hmm. Though actually you're like really, really shocked when you go to other <laughs> settings and you think, I've gone backwards. I'm confused what's going on here. But it's amazing how many settings there are out there. And I know that from my own personal experience and recent experience of how there's such this formal approach to early years and this very much activities-based approach. Um, I am a huge, huge advocate for process art. Um, so some of the regular things that I will have obviously I set up invitations and and that's a whole other topic because invitations um, sometimes I think people go over into the it's become an activity rather than an invitation because I think to me an invitation is a sort of group or setup of materials that in my head I might have an idea what the children are going to do with it but they can it's fairly open-ended they can do what they want I think some people set up invitations, and they call them an invitation, but it's an activity. Um, So again, I think that that's something to be mindful of when setting things up. But when I think about process art, one of the things that I really like to do is I will literally just put sort of really random, well, not really random, but like random things together. So I might have I really like the idea of tinker trays for process art. Do you use tink trays, Adam? Um, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Obviously, you are a lot
1: more sort of arty than I am. Um, so it's it's definitely not my strongest area, I think it's fair.
0: Yeah, I do like tink tray and basically for anyone who doesn't know what a tinker tray is, it's um, sort of a tray with lots of different compartments and you can just put random sort of smaller loose parts in them so you might put buttons bolts and um, pom-poms things like that um, and I love just getting a tinker tray like that and just putting it with some play-doh or some clay or anything mal- malleable really or you might even put that with some paint or you might just put it with some string or some scissors and just really see what the children do with those resources that you've given them.
1: Yeah, I think, like you say, that that to me is is a traditional invitation. Like you say, I, th- I think you certainly see on social media, don't you? People putting putting photos on there of things that are activities and everything, but name um, with a very sort of prescriptive idea of, of what can be done, and that there's not really anywhere beyond the parameters that the practitioner set where the children can take that, and that for me isn't isn't you know an invitation, and nor is it really particularly continuous provision open-ended either is it it's very much like a you know even if it's not an adult directed activity it's an adult initiated activity isn't it because ultimately you're going to sit there and and show the children how how to complete it within what what you or what what you're wanting them to achieve from it i think you know tinker trades are a a race like it's even something that i I know obviously back to christmas cards but it's an i you know that that's the kind of thing that that i that i like you know let the children do for for Christmas cards it's just put loads of resources out on the tables, put, you know, examples of different Christmas cards. And then what they, you know, what they want to do with that is completely up to them. You know, and yeah, every, you could. every child might be different.
0: Yeah, because you could fill it with like, you know, stars and white pom-poms and things that are yeah. sort of Christmas themed colours. Um So they would, you know, there would be a product at the end of that. So, you know, I think it's important to sort of understand that, I do, I do think there is a time for products. Um, like I say, I think when you're giving and, and gifting, I think it's nice to talk about, you know, why we might make something and how it might make somebody feel really happy and special. You know, if you make them a Christmas card or any card for that matter. Um, but I also think what's interesting to think about really is art is obviously very open ended, um, but sometimes there are there are times i think as adults where we can show children how to do something um to enable them to learn from our knowledge or what what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah like obviously using art as an example i can't really draw so i think any three four year old watching me draw can definitely draw what what I'm drawing better um so they're probably not the person to watch but yeah it's the importance of modeling isn't it like you you know obviously we we know about the importance of modeling generally and I do, you know I don't think there's any reason why you can't can't model art like I say in our you know in our provision I have loads of different examples of different artists artwork to demonstrate to the children you know that that idea of difference and and that you know one person's you know one person's portrait of themselves is completely different to another person's portrait and it's not about getting them to copy that it's not about getting them to to see you know to think that there's a right or wrong way it's just about those different ideas and, and them seeing that there's different end results and like I say yeah yeah I think you can absolutely show the children you know, how here, like, if you're making, if they're doing portraits, for example, you can sit and do one with them. There's no absolutely no reason why you can't do that to help support them to understand what what you know what they're doing and how they're seeing it and what that process is. And it's the same as when you you talk to them ab- about what they're doing and why they're thinking that and what might come next. I don't think you know. I think that is a, a, exactly the same.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think like what we're obviously both sort of agreeing on is that there's nothing wrong with a product but it's how you perceive that product so if your product is children making the exact same christmas card then that's got not got a lot of value when it comes to learning Uh, like you're talking about the outcome is a christmas card and it can be anything they want it to be then there's nothing really wrong with having an end product because i think sometimes the product gets the raw deal because sometimes children are very proud of the product. Um, So as much as, you know, process art is really... When I talk about process art as well, I am talking about a slightly different thing. But process art is just giving children materials freely and allowing them to explore the process. When we're talking about process versus product, we are talking about sort of the process of creating a product, aren't we? Um, But I think that, again, like I say, it does depend on what that product, how you see that product as an adult. So if you see it all looking the same and all looking very neat, then the children aren't getting much out of it. But if the product is to make Christmas cards and they can do it however they want, then they still think the product's important in that aspect.
1: Yeah, it's about the parameters that, that you're setting the children, is it? And how much, you know, for me, how much freedom you're allowing the children to have and whether you're sat with that child saying, no, that can't go there, that must go here. <laughs> or, or or whether you're, you know, letting them have the resources and put do what they want with it and put it where they want. I think, like you say, that they are, they are sort of different things, even though they both end up with products at the end. I think they are very different, very different processes and the children will get something very, very different from from what then to are and you know from I, you know I know for me when I was a child, you know if I when P- I used to, it just filled me with dread when people are like, oh, come and make this and I'll just spend five minutes telling you moving your hand around to where everything's gonna go. Like you say, as a you know, it's you may as well do it yourself then rather than yeah, I mean, it's you don't ask the, the best... child to do it.
0: Yeah, and it's sort of the best way to put a child off whatever you're doing. So you know, if you're just splodging a child's hand in paint, and all that's going to do is put them off coming over to the paint again, thinking, "Oh gosh, that woman's going to make me do that again," and I don't want to.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's the same argument, you know, uh, that people talk about when when you're trying to get the children to write isn't it you know as soon as you whack a writing table and start trying to force people that this here you must sit here and you must do that you're going to have children who are going to avoid that area like the plague because they have got no interest in in doing it at all so then they just associate that area that person that time or whatever it is with a negative experience
0: So what are your thoughts on, you know, we're we're obviously sort of focused on cards and the handprint thing because I suppose this is what what everyone sort of focuses on when they talk about uh, process versus product. But what are your thoughts on, for example, um, at my setting, one of the practitioners has been making, um, you know, oh, what are they now? You know, when you put the... Cocoa powder and marshmallows in like one of those bags. I can't think what it's called, and it, And then they put eyes on. It, it looks like a reindeer, and it's a um, hot chocolate sort of oh, well, cone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A cone. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a hot cone. chocolate cone. So one of the girls decided to make them with the children to take home. Um, you know, as part of just doing a few Christmassy things, and I feel like that's slightly different because children. It is creating a product at the end of the day, and it's very adult-directed because they've got to put the elements in in the right order, um, and the right amounts. But then, or equally, there is a bit more learning. Is there? I don't know, but I'll just carry on. I feel like there might be slightly more <laughs> learning going on because they've had to weigh out the ingredients or put so many spoonfuls of something in. Um, but I don't. I'm just asking, like, what. What then do you think of things like that? Is that the same as a handprint card? Is that just as bad? Is it Because essentially she has just got them to, you know, she, she hasn't done it like a conveyor belt or forced anyone, but she has said to the children, if you want to come make one of these, I'll help you. And she's essentially done it with them and, and done it, a lot of it for them probably. I mean, for me, it depends as to how it actually is done.
1: You know, like obviously, there, there is a lot of learning that could take place during that process. You know, obviously, like you've alluded to, the size, the weight, the amount, the You know, talking about what it's actually going to make, maybe making one alongside it, so you know, one in the bag, one in a cup, and making actually the hot chocolate at the end, so the children see what what is happening. Um, I think there's lots of different ways that you can do that. That doesn't mean that it may as well be done by the staff member in the kitchen at the end of the day, to go home. Um, I think it very much depends as, as to how you do it, I think. Like you say, it, it, it's not the same as a completely sat-down adult. Well, it, I suppose it could be. It really does depend as to how, how yeah, it's done. Yeah,
0: like, obviously, it hasn't just been done by her and then she said the children have done them. It, it's obvious the children have done them because I'm telling you now, they are not very equal in... <laughs> they're not up to my standards they definitely yeah. wouldn't be i would not be using them no i'm only joking but you can tell that the children have actually done them but equally because of what they are they would have taken quite a lot of adult help because obviously holding that cone bag's difficult enough for me and like pouring yeah. the stuff in do you know what i mean yeah yeah um but then i just think Uh, Oh, it's not going to hurt anyone that they've done that just once. It's not like we do it every week. And I think that maybe that's where, for me, where the line is drawn. So, for example, I think that if you are doing activities every single week that all look the same and you've got those display boards that all look the same, then it's a no from me. But if you're telling me that once a year at Christmas you sit the kids down and you make something for mum and dad and they do look similar um because it is a handprint. I'm not gonna totally slate you for it because they're the cards that I keep and look at every single year as a parent. So maybe they didn't have much value to, you know, the girls when they were making him or when my son my son made things like that. But they do to me and the and I think that a part of early years is as well about the parents and and you know, so much time parents don't spend with their children because, you know, we work and it, and the lives are busy that... Sometimes it's nice that they do those sorts of things because, like I was on about that bauble, I've got that. I'll have that bauble for the rest of my life. Do you know what I mean? It'll go in, and the ch- the twins, did nothing with that. But it's one of my most treasured things from nursery. I'll always remember the girl that made it for me, and I always think how nice of her to take the time out and make that for me when I'm busy working, not spending time with my children.
1: Yeah, I think it depends. For me, it depends which which hat you've got on. I think, like you say, as a parent, I fully see how you know, how how nice it is and how much it means and how important it is and then obviously if you but then on the like you say, on the flip side, if you're thinking of it from a pure child centered point of view, what you know, how how much should the children really get from it? But then it's it's that balance, isn't it? Like you say, but as we as are I barefoot, feel like you might be a little bit as well.
0: I think you might be a little bit better because you haven't got one of them baubles. Maybe, yeah, that's, that's definitely, yeah. <laughs> I feel definitely. like you're you're just counteracting my bauble story because you haven't <laughs> got one. And I'm sorry that maybe you made you on. <laughs> uh, like
1: I say, I, th- I think it's important that, you know, I think parents do treasure that, don't they? And, and it's trying to keep the perspective of, of how much we're here for the children and how much we're here, here for parents as well. I think, you know, something that Callie's Nursery have, have done over this period is they've started to send home like little little activities that you can do so obviously like hot chocolate like play-doh that kind of thing but with all the resources that you'd need to do it and to try you know to again just to try and i think support parents to have those experiences with the children at home as well
0: yeah that's a really nice idea actually and you know what that might be sort of moving forward a good way of looking at it so you know, rather than making things for them to give to the parents, they could help to put little bundles together, like making some Play-Doh and putting a few resources together to take home. Um, I think that's a really nice idea.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's cute. And obviously, it's, you know, the, the, it's dead easy to put stuff on tapestry you know and or whatever whatever you use i'm sure we've all done it you put ideas on there for parents parents to do of you know activities that they could do obviously especially at the start of lockdown it was something that people did a lot wasn't it to support parents at home but a lot of this stuff well i suppose you don't think about it when you're working early years but when you take a step back and look but when you you know take a step back a lot of it's quite abstract like you know when you're asking people to look for crematata there's cream and tartar in the house like so i started making play i never heard of it like no you know, most exactly. So I think it's a key way of ensuring, I think, that the children do have, have what they need then to share those experiences at home with the parents, which is, I think, you know, obviously, especially like you said, when you're talking about working parents who don't necessarily get get as many experiences with our children as, as we would like. It's a really nice way of providing those meaningful, meaningful interactions that the children would, you know, love to share with mum, dad, auntie and uncle, grandma, whoever it is at home with them that they, they wouldn't necessarily get to do
0: otherwise. Yeah. And, you know, it would be a nice idea, actually. You could send home a little make-your-own-Christmas-card pack
1: yeah.
0: Um, for them to do with the parents, you know, so we don't have the... I hate doing Christmas cards, you know. I'm just going to throw it out there with the kids. It's just not my cup of tea at all. The, the last
1: couple of weeks before Christmas, when you are just trying to ensure that every child has got... Every, you know, has had a go at making whatever you're making to go home it's it's not for me either the most fun two weeks of the year I think it because at times it can just if you're not careful I think you know we've all we've all been in situations where it can become all consuming can't it and you can feel that all you're doing for that last two three weeks of term is is forcing the children to do you know all sorts of things
0: yeah and another thing that I get and um Oh, we won't go into too much on this because I think we spoke a lot now. But like, parents that say my friend's child nursery, they were always bringing stuff home, and you're like, oh, what nursery do they go to? (laughs) Like, (laughs) who is this nursery always making handprint cards? Um, well, letting, the, like, letting the early years team down uh,
1: like you say that's the thing it's the comparison it, it, it's because every setting is so different and because as you've alluded to each setting does it differently it can be hard and even like year on year you know it, it's difficult we haven't this year I know it's slightly off topic but we've not done the nativity this year for the first time based upon the you know the time it takes out of the children actually playing for the month prior to doing the nativity and, yeah, you know,
0: that's that, very
1: true actually yeah and, and it is something that you're like I, you know we felt well i certainly felt a little bit apprehensive when i was gonna send that email out to parents expecting people to go like, but every year you've done a nativity why can't little johnny be mary or joseph this year and i as a parent i get it because obviously you know as a parent it's very cute and it's all nice and it, it's all that but actually again it's the same thing what are the children get in from the process of that well not not they're learning a couple of songs but i mean they're not getting a great deal from practicing it all you know every day are they
0: yeah and then like behind the scenes is mayhem and then they see the parents and they start crying and half of them again up going to the parents and yeah what actually are they getting out of that because the process is bloody awful and the product is even worse
1: and you've always got you know for every child who you know I know my little girl it would have been her favorite thing to do in the world she would have loved it because she likes that you know she yeah. likes singing she likes dancing she likes that but for every every one of them there's you know another child who you know would have been like me when I was a child where it would have been like the worst experience ever and the worst three weeks of your life
0: <laughs> so where's that balance yeah no I uh, it, again, I feel like every podcast episode that we do comes to this ultimate thing that it's about the balance and yeah. it is always going to be about the balance. um but I think that having these discussions helps you to make like sort of more informed decisions. And every time we we discuss things, I come away with something new. um so you know, for example, like today, I've really taken away the fact that actually I'm going on and on and on about this bloody Christmas bauble that you're sick of hearing about. And actually it would be nice if I had a little activity pack to do with the twins, not an activity, you know, like I mean, an open-ended thing. Um, like what your what Callie's nursery are doing so actually i'm going to take that forward i think for next year and i'm going to think about creating more experiences for children and their parents um and less sort of crafts and activities
1: yeah i think it's you know and especially you know as well for me like uh, all of the traditional home stuff you know uh, It was like that a lot in my setting it's all like story sacks and stuff and and then they've got a place I'm not saying they don't have a place obviously but I think it's like you say it's also nice to provide to provide other different things isn't it you know from my point of view I'm you know taking away the fact that maybe I'm a little bit maybe I'm being a little bit harsh and you know by saying that no well it's all all got to be about what you know what the children get from every minute and and maybe you know making the nice little cute things that the parents do also really enjoy matters maybe a a little bit more if I put my dad head
0: on (laughs) well um I really enjoyed discussing that actually because I think that's probably been the first topic where we have had more slightly differing opinions so this is going to be the last podcast episode ever (laughs) (laughs) no uh, it's nice disagree with what you say on some level because um you just gain more perspective don't you it's boring if everybody thinks the same thing you don't learn anything from anyone so i have i've really enjoyed chatting about that with you
1: yeah same yeah yeah i think like you say it's important to have those conversations make you see it from different points of view don't they and i think that's the whole point of this isn't it, it is that we get people thinking and you get put you know people of all different views and all different experiences and opinions having to think about what what the topic is and then coming to their own conclusions at the end of it
0: yeah exactly so i think that we've covered everything unless you've got anything to add
1: no no i don't think so
0: um and i don't have any recommendations this week do you
1: no no i don't have anything no just about yeah. to switch off for christmas in a couple of days so
0: <laughs> yeah and as always i just recommend eating cheese and crackers for the rest of <laughs>
1: Yeah. That, that's it, and obviously, mulled wine as well. That, that's got to be important. Too.
0: Oh, no, mulled wine, mm.
1: yes, that's acceptable. That's the only Christmas thing for me that's uh, mulled wine and mince pies are allowed before the first. Oh, hour. they're Nothing the worst things
0: about Christmas. Do no, you have Christmas pudding no. as well? Yes, <gasps> yeah. no, definitely. We cannot be friends. You've just listed <laughs> the three things I hate about Christmas. <laughs> Well, as they say, we're all different. Every child's different and every adult's (laughs) different. And that's okay. But, you know, we can be different people, but I am always right. (laughs) So on that note, Adam, have a lovely Christmas and I'll see you in the new year. And you.
1: See you. Bye.
0: Bye.